everyone from me, Brent Graham, Thursday night, nine o'clock, time for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. And this, the last show of 2021, we've got some Heineken Cup rugby to have a look at, and we look forward to getting stuck into that. Uh, good week last week, I must say, overall for the boys, in particular the guy on your screen at the moment. I got a bit greedy in the last game, unfortunately went uh, went for a points bet in the final game, which fell short. So I gave away a lot of the weekend's profits. But if you followed the best bet, Connacht minus five and a half, you were home and hosed going into the last 15 minutes or so of that game. We do have a thoughts on sports joining us. He's just battling with his camera at the moment, but we'll bring him in as soon as we can. But let's introduce, uh, still looking rather clean cut, I must admit, and after a nice relaxing day there in Centurion, it's uh, Brendan Vessels, a.k.a. the conductor. Brendan, good to see you, mate. How's it, Brenton? Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, always good to join you on the show. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah good, to, good to be back on the show after a very successful weekend last weekend. Um, it was one of my better ones um, with that Northampton points coming in nice and nice and easily versus Russing. Luckily, Russing really rocked up, and uh, the Finn Russell show was phenomenal. Uh, Connacht, um, you know, really really closed our side from say. Then uh, yeah, Ulster Ulster's brought it in well with a plus, so it was a very very nice weekend. Um, yeah, bouncing off a very you know, a weekend where I fired into a lot of early prices into a weekend now where I haven't touched, I haven't put one bet down. Um, and I can't remember for many years the, being on a Thursday night where I haven't put one bet down for the rugby. So um, I know you tweeted you're looking for something for your best bet of the, the weekend. <laughs> and uh, like, like like many kids on on December 25th, morning of December 25th, they're going to be a bit disappointed with the outcome, I think. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll try to go through it and uh, yeah, work through it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a to me this is an incredibly tricky weekend. Um, there's a lot of factors at play. One being COVID is is wreaking havoc. Um, the Leinster versus Montpellier game has been called off, which is, is so farcical considering Leinster were happy to go and play. They had no more further positive cases in their squad. Um, I mean, they did have some positive cases, but these guys were isolated and stuff like that. So they were prepared to travel, but uh, nevertheless, the game's been cancelled. And yeah, I expect a couple more games as well to be cancelled um, this weekend. I know the clubs are meeting tonight to discuss uh, the, the French uh, government has issued a, a statement to say that no travel travellers from the UK can enter France. Uh, and I assume that would work vice versa for French coming to the UK. Um, so they're meeting tonight to discuss that, but that could potentially mean probably 50% of the games will be off uh, in the Champions Cup and Challenge Cup. There are obviously a couple of uh, games that are obviously, you know, Welsh versus uh, British teams, and hopefully those will go ahead. But, uh, yeah, it's wreaking havoc in that respect. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's also... It's also taking into account, you know, some teams have lost their first Champions Cup or Challenge Cup fixture, which may mean they may rather look to the the, the local leagues and uh, put the rest of the efforts in there. So it's a very, very tricky weekend. Uh, you're going to have to have your head on a swivel and uh, you'll expect a lot of late team news. I mean, if you look at that Wasp versus Munster game, I think it was probably about one o'clock uh, before the game was the kickoff was at five. That I think five Wasp players were were pull, pulled out. So, you know, it, it, it also makes me nervous to pay, to make a big pre you know pre bets. Uh, you could have potentially a lot of guys pulling out. So they um the conductor reading between the lines, or maybe not reading between the lines, but definitely perhaps tread cautiously. But we'll see if our other guest 
has got any strong fancies before we introduce him though just welcome to the boys in the live chat mark and kevin good to have you guys along for the ride for our final show of 2021 and now we welcome a thoughts on sports neil good to have you back on the show no thanks very much brent a couple of technical difficulties um delayed me i think i was uh, 90 seconds late to the show but um once again good things come to those who wait so i'm hoping to tip a couple of of crackers crackers for the boys in the show but i think conductor hit it uh, spot on spot on there um got to be very careful this weekend there are going to be a couple of of late team news a couple of uh, players pulling out who are in contact um i think players will have one one eye on the domestic leagues uh which kick off uh which resume next weekend so i think that that will, will be the focus so that also has me leaning um to mostly towards the the big pluses this weekend, just as I feel like the motivation won't be there once the, once the, the stronger sides have done the business. I feel like they could take their foot off the pedal there, but keen to get stuck into the action. Excellent. Well, let's start with you then for the first game. We've got Ulster against Saints, and Ulster here minus 14.5 is the line I've got. Yeah, Brent, for me, straight off the bat, I think this is a bit of an overreaction from, from the bookmakers. I guarantee you that if Ulster hadn't gone away to to France um, and beaten Clermont, but once again that was a bit of an outlier because Clermont were struck um, by some COVID cases and were missing some some very crucial first choice players. So if they hadn't gone away to Clermont and obviously got a, a good victory there, and if Saints hadn't gone absolutely mauled by Finn Russell and Co. in what was when what was uh, quite a close a close fixture in terms of the books, I think it was was a near choice two point handicap here and there. So if those two outliers for me didn't happen, this game would be closer to a seven or eight point spread. So I just look at this, I'm getting a 14 and a half. Yes, Dan Biggers, Dan Biggers not playing, but Courtney Law is uh, back, especially after the embarrassment that Saints faced last weekend um, at home at Franklin's Gardens. They're going to keep this close. Also aren't one of those sides which which tend to beat these big um, these big spreads. So yeah, for me, I'm quite happy to to open up and take, take Saints uh, plus 15. I've seen plus 15 and a half, even plus 16 and a half. It's at eight to ten, so I'm quite happy to to open my doors and and take that that first up. Yeah, just having a quick glance around, I see fourteen and a half, probably about the lowest you'll have to take. Or well, you would take Ulster at the fourteen and a half. There's fifteen and a half and sixteen and a half. About Saints on the plus conductor. What are you thinking on this opener? Cool, uh, conductor, uh, you're on mute. I think you've got yourself muted. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, uh, no, I, I was just saying I'm very much aligned with what um, Neil said there in terms of um, his his view on Ulster and both Northampton Saints. I think Ulster uh, played played well, but against a, a Clermont team that were missing, you know, a number of uh, frontline players. I mean, you take a guy like George Moala, Amatoshima, Lopez. You know, these are sort of first line players, and they were missing, you know, these guys, and that was really late to kick off. So. Um, uh, also boosted by the fact that Dwayne Vermeulen was was able to be drafted in so late. Uh, they've got a very you know handy loose trio and, and Marcus Ray and Nick Timini. Um John Cooney, like I said last week, he's so deadly with the boots. Uh, he's a Mr. Reliable three pointer. Um, you know they've got a more than handy uh, backline. Robert Balakun is obviously injured, but um, they've brought in some very handy replacements for them. It's a strong Ulster side. Uh, Ulster are very good at home. I think they've won 11 out of 14 Heineken Cup games at home. So very, very strong home home record. And they've got a very good record against English teams. I think they've only won, only lost like one of the last five or, or six um, against English teams at home. 
That being said, I think the Saints team is better than in previous years. Um, I think they were just blown away by a very, very classy wrestling Metro side. Uh, Finn Russell was just phenomenal on the night. John Imhoff, phenomenal. Uh, you know, it was just they just really were up for the game, and I think Saints just couldn't keep up with that with that class. Um, I won't be looking at the plus here. I'd be looking at Saints points. Um, as Neil says, um, Courtney Laws is back. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a good. Uh, I think Mitchell. Uh, sorry, Wood uh, at eight, um, and their their hooker is back as well. So it's just some some uh, very very handy uh, in, infusion of players into the Northampton side. So. Um, I'll hope for uh, maybe a point sign of about 15, 16 points. I'm um, for I think for Saints. Uh, Andre Piardi is the referee, and I gen he's generally done well by me in terms of uh, overs. He he's not a he, he's generally quite a positive guy. Um, he lets the game flow a little bit. So whenever I've looked at a, at a, an overs with them, it's generally come in. So I, I like the Saints overs there. What I what, you know if I can get that. Right, well, let's stick with you for the next game. What I'm going to do in the background, <clears throat> not so much in the background, but on my other monitor here, when you both are lined on a game or one of you are particularly strong, I'm going to work out a bit of an acker and just see what it comes in. I'm, I'm going to take it at player bets. So so we may not always get, you know, obviously the line's very bookmaker to bookmaker, but I'm going to stick in the plus 14 and a half here that uh, the North, Northampton Saints at Ulster. Let's stick with you, conductor. Go to the next one. I know this was another... A good win for us last week. We we were on mm. Bath. I, I know the boys were anything from plus over nine and a half Bath points. You could get over seven and a half at Sunbet. It was one of my better bets of the weekend. Certainly got me got me going nicely on a weekend where I was focusing on my poker. But uh, what do you think here? Bath plus 13 and a half against La Rochelle. Yeah, Brenta, yeah, as you say, I mean, the Bath did well for us last weekend. Um, I think you got seven and a half hours on nine and a half. I think a lot of the guys were between seven and nine and a half, and uh, that came in nicely. I was quite impressed with uh, Bath's performance. To me, they just they they starting to get, you know just get a little bit better than than how they've started off the season. Uh, it's just a bit, bit of a poor blow for them. They lost Will Muir to a starting incident, which looked absolutely ridiculous. He was jumping in the air, and as he came down, he made contact with front of Flea's face, and he's been started for he banned for four weeks, which is so ridiculous. So uh, it's a bit of a blow for them. But nevertheless, I, I, I like I really like Bath at home. Yeah, um, this is something I've been lining up. Uh, it's I, I'm trying to. Yeah, you know, I'll probably I'll probably look at the Bath plus. The only thing I don't like is uh, Ronan Ogara from Larisol says they're massively targeting this game uh, because they they want to play one in Europe. Um, but but nevertheless, I think Larisol will win. Yeah, but I, I I like the plus. It'll be a one o'clock kickoff in Bath. Uh, the guys will the guys will be Christmas on on the Christmas beers from about ten o'clock. It'll be a festive crowd. Um, it'll be slightly chilly. The wreck is a it's a notor notoriously tough place to play. It is it's a it's a very or it's a very like it's a very claustrophobic ground. The the, the crowd is on you. Uh, the pitch can often be a little bit choppy and and a bit messy and muddy, uh, which Larish which may not suit Larishal. Uh, you know, but they've got guys like Skelton. He's he worries me. His power is phenomenal. But I, I like the Bath Plus, you know, a guy like Sam Underhill gets a good, a good couple of turnovers and the crowd gets behind them. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Bath should cover here. Right, Bath on the Plus there. Well, let's see if, uh, if we get any agreement there or if any, any opposition from Neil. No, Brent, I think I'm pretty much aligned with the conductor there. I also have one of those holy grail rules of betting, and that's you never take a, a French side on a minus away from home. 
And in this case, we're getting a, a double digits. What, what, let's put it lightly, we're getting a, a massive spread for, for a home side here. Yeah, Bath have been absolutely shambolic, but you must remember that they've still outperformed uh, where the bookmakers are, are placing them. For instance, last weekend against Leinster, spread of 32 and a half, cover, they covered that comfortably. They had a points line of of, of seven and a half, um, nine and a half in some places, and we just looked at that and knew it was absolutely ridiculous. Yes, this Bath side's defense is appalling, but they still managed to to cross the whitewash a couple of times. And I'm also, I've mentioned it before, I'm a big believer in in a good news a good news story uh, throughout the weeks. And Bath have have signaled their intentions. They've announced um, Johan van Gaan as the as the head coach for next year. I know that there are a couple of of individuals who have, who've appeared on the show who aren't always the biggest fan, but he's a he's a coach with pedigree. Um, he's he's coached Munster to to some pretty impressive results. He was he was the Springbok uh, forwards coach at the 2015 World Cup, and he's also been involved in the in the Bulls setup in the early early uh, 2010. So he's got enough enough experience behind his back. And then once again, they've announced uh, Brent Janssen van Rensburg as the defence coach, who did who has done a, a pretty good job um, at at the Sharks. So those are two massive statements of intent. And I know that the club is going to go going to going to be buzzing this week. Um, the crowd's going to really get behind the the home side here, and I'm just getting a 13 and a half. For a home side, and and put it this way, if this handicap loses, it will be one where I'll nod my head to the books and I'll be like, well played. But for me, this is a couple of points too heavy here, so I'm more than more than happy to take quite a, a big strike on a on a bath plus thirteen and a half. I just feel that La Rochelle have been quite dreadful um, away from home in the tro- in the top fourteen. They've lost nine on the bounce um, in that competition away from home. So it just proves, yes, I know the the refing generally favours the home side in the top fourteen, but. I'm getting a double-digit spread. I expect La Rochelle to sort of squeak it uh, towards, the, towards the death, but I expect a bit of a, a different atmosphere at the wreck. So plus 13 and a half, more than happy to snap that up. Right, I see Mark in the live chat. He's very much aligned with Henrik on Van Kran, but I'm kind of with you there. I've, I've been quite impressed with Munster over the last few years, so I think it is probably quite a good signing for Bath. And let's see if they'll lift the game. I can tell you guys, two matches in, and we've already got two in the Acker. So uh, looking pretty good on that side so far, but we'll stick with Neil. And we got Sale minus eight and a half against Clermont. Yeah, Brentus, I think this is another strong fancy for me. Um, Clermont last week, just to my understanding, this this is, hasn't been released by press or, or anything, but I, I guess that those players who were out last weekend with, with COVID will still be out just due to the various 10 to 14 day protocols in play. So quietly hoping they're out. And then once again, French sides away from home, traveling up to Manchester. Manchester is just not one of those places where you really get too enthusiastic to to go play. You get, they're going to get stuck in a, a hotel with a rusted bathroom and a this and a that. Manchester isn't the most sort of eye pleasing of places. And then you and then you got on top of that, you got to front up to the sale pack. Those 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 Curry brothers have been targeting this fixture. They're going to be absolutely all over the Clermont uh, forwards at the breakdown here. Yes, Clermont might have a bit of danger out wide in Rucker and. Penal, but for me, there's nothing that Sale can't handle there, and I expect that Sale to win well, win well here, and really uh, give a big statement of ten going into the English Premiership. So for me, this is a couple of points too light. Um, I do expect Clermont to to probably know that this fixture isn't one where they they will get a positive result, and a, a, a bet that I would be looking for is if I can get a, a good maybe an under a seventeen and a half Clermont to take unders unders on that. And Neil, do you think there's any chance Clement have already almost, you know, after last week, thrown in the towel, perhaps mentally on this competition? Oh, definitely, especially with the way the the Champions Cup is structured. If you don't win your home games, you're pretty much out of the competition. 
So I, they will have that in the back of their mind. Once again, the money the money for, for these French sides gets made in the top 14. That's where the owners get pleased. That's where the checkbooks get signed, and that's where the players get signed for next season. So they're going to have one eye on the following week. So so for me, this isn't a big fixture for them. Yes, there'll be a bit of pride on the line, but I mean, a coach will always say that in a, in a press review. So I think Sale will be absolutely licking their lips here at a at a, at a single-digit handicap, and I'll be all over this, this Sale minus. Well, we're going to get conductor's opinion now. Just to mention on Sale, last week I had quite a nice double. I think it was Connacht over 23.5 points, Sale over 22.5 points. Sale scored 21 points in about 30 minutes, and they could not score another point in the game. It was absolutely heartbreaking to see that double four fail. And, I mean, at the end, they nearly scored as well. I think it could have gone either way from the TMO. But, gee, Sale, um, yeah, I felt they could have they could have just kicked on a bit last week, at least had another one score for me. But, Brendan, let me tell you, I've already put this one in the ACA. So you're going to have to give me a pretty strong case against <laughs> Sale if I'm, going to, if I'm going to take it out. But I can't see you opposing thoughts on sports on this one. Yeah, Brent. Like I said, this is this is a weekend. You need to be careful, eh? Because I mean, you know, this this is the this makes a difference whether you're going to buy your kids uh, their presents at Hamleys or at hospice. So uh, just trade carefully with your with your acres there, Brent. But uh, no, I'm I'm going to definitely agree with uh, with Neil on this one. Um, yeah, I think his points that he raised are 100. Uh, percent Clermont sitting mid table in top 14. Uh, they lost their, 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 their that home game. I'd be very surprised. You know, obviously missing a lot of guys through COVID. I'd be very surprised if they sent guys like Raka or Pono over. I could probably see, I could see them sending a mix of an A, B, and C team. Uh, we're going to be chilly in Manchester. Not not the, not the best, uh, like like Neil says, not the nicest place to go and play uh, in winter. So, yeah, I'm big on uh, sale. Yeah, I think that sale pack is going to do the business. Like you say, it was just disappointing the way they played that second half. They really should have performed a bit better. Uh, the sale coach did come out and said, look, it was very poor. They didn't get the bonus point. I think they will be looking for a bonus point in this game uh, because they actually didn't didn't collect it last weekend. Um, Clement, for me, you know, I, I just don't think they're going to be up for this. Uh, French teams away. I like opposing them. And they've got a big, uh, you know, next week they, they go away to breathe. They then have a big game against Toulouse at home. So, I think they'll rather be casting an eye on that. I also think that the French teams, if they're allowed to travel, will have will be a bit tentative with COVID. Once again, will they send the best players, knowing that if they get COVID, they, they'll have to quarantine when they come back. These are all things that need to be juggled. That's why I'm happy to take, uh, yeah, stay on the minus. Uh, yeah, get, try and find the best minus you can there. Also, uh, I think Neil, we, Neil did discuss it. I don't know if he mentioned it. Discussed it earlier in the week. Um, uh, a half-time full-time. It's not my favourite bet. I don't really like that format of bets. But a half-time full-time here, full-time on sale might be a good bet as well. I think you can get six and a half and seven, seven to ten in some places. Right. And interesting, I mean, we'll obviously get the best bets at the end of the show, but I'm getting the sense that this could be well contending for the newsletter best bet. We're on a pretty good run. Uh, I haven't actually looked, but I think we're five or six winning weeks in a row. So hoping to finish the year off. It'll also be the last newsletter tomorrow. If you're not subscribed yet, go down below the video. You can you can get a link to sign up for our newsletter there. Right. Um, let's move on then, Conductor. We're going to stay with you. And here we've got a big handicap. It's Russing, who I agree was so impressive last week. They are minus 20 or eight and a half against Ospreys. And I mean, there's, there's probably little doubt they're going to win. The question is, can they beat the cap? Right. So, uh, to be honest, when I look at this, uh, what I probably would rather look at, uh, as opposed to the cap, I'd probably look at the points line for Ospreys. 
I imagine here again, you probably get about nine and a half Ospreys. Um, and I mean, they're not, they're not the worst side on earth. I mean, they beat Ulster a couple of weeks ago. Um, they, they, were, they went four out of five in, in the URC. Look, you're uh, rusting our blockbuster, but uh, their defense can also be very, very poor at times. Um, as we've seen many times, the top 14. So uh, my best bet would, would be uh, Osprey's points over. Um, the Kiwi, the Kiwi 10 is more than, is, is more than good enough uh, to slot some good threes here. Um, they've got some very handy players. So yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a good Osprey side. So I'll, I'll happily take, if they send a decent side, I'll happily take Osprey's overs here. Uh, the handicap, it is, I mean, if Ospreys get 15, you know, some rushing have to score heaps, but but yeah, I, I'm always worried about the Teddy Tomar factor and Bakatawa. Will they, will these guys even play? I'm not sure because they might say, well, look, it's not, we're not playing against a top tier side. So can we, shall we rest a couple of guys? You know, I, I wouldn't back Racing to cover this. So, but I'd rather take Ospreys over. Ospreys over then. Obviously, you make a good point about the team selection. I did have some discussion with uh, P2 gets our newsletter last week. He was asking, you know, how, how do you give opinions before team selection? And I guess at the end of the day, it's the same reason the bookies give odds. It gives you an opportunity to try and think, think almost, you know, think what the other teams are thinking and, and perhaps make your move accordingly. And I must say, in last week's ACCA, which I took from a lot of your selections uh, on, on the show, uh, you know, uh, all of the lines actually moved in our favor, even though, unfortunately, it fell just short in the end with one of the bets. But I certainly quite enjoy trying to have a look at what sort of mindset the teams are in. And I mean, yeah, let's face it, I don't enjoy the COVID thing, but that, that throws another whole dimension in there as well. But let's see if uh, Neil's going to come out firing in this one or if this handicap is big enough to put him off. Yeah, Brent, this is one of those fixtures where if the handicap was at 36.5, if it was at 24.5, you'd, you'd, you'd just nod your head to the bookmaker and just be like, fair play. Um, I don't know what, what Racing are going to put out. I don't know what Ospreys are going to put out. But I do like the angle that the conductor's taking there. And if I can get a 13.5 Ospreys, I'd absolutely snap up that over there because that obviously puts the, the rushing line at about 42.5. So that seems seems reasonable. But I would expect it to for it to come out at about 14.5 um, uh, for, for Ospreys. But still, I'd still take overs there. But if I had to have a stab at the handicap, I'd probably take the, the Ospreys, Ospreys plus here. The reason being just Ospreys have got enough quality, got enough Welsh internationals to to travel to a fast-paced um pitch in, in Rusting and knock up a few points themselves. And Rusting are just one of those sides where full of Mavericks and these just Mavericks love scoring tries, but at the same time they they quite prone to to letting it slip towards the, the latter stages of the fixture. They got other things to worry about, top fourteen to worry about, kids at home to worry about, social images to worry about, you know what I mean? So well, I'm getting a, a twenty eight and a half. That's a massive, massive spread. These Rusting players, they, they they aren't going to be too up for this fixture. So I can see them sort of slipping. I wouldn't be surprised to see them being down, say, like 14-5 five at halftime and then getting a bit of a tongue lashing from the coach with a bit of a threaten, threaten for, for Finn Russell for a skinfolds test on Monday morning for so for him to kick him into gear. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a motivation there, but just not enough to to cover what is close to a 30 point spread. So happy to a tentative pick on Ospreys um, plus, but we'll we'll look for an Ospreys over 13 and a half here. Right, well, I'm not including anything there in the ACCA because we don't have a points line yet for the Ospreys overs. And, uh, yeah, I don't think the confidence is as high on that one as on some of the other games. So, Neil, we're going to stay with you. Uh, this kickoff, I think, is ex at exactly the same time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as the Ospreys game. You know, 7.30 South African time. And it's Glasgow here, plus 7.5 against Exeter. 
Oh, Brent, it's the it's the classic seven and a half half point handicap, the one that sort of toils in your mind. If it was a six and a half, massively firm opinion. And I think I just checked now. Sunbet still have have six and a half six, for this yeah, game. Six and a half at Sunbet. Eh? Yeah, it's just one of those where I'm quite strong on the minus here. But when you see that seven and a half, it tends to in in terms of how rugby rugby union scored, it tends to sort of put your mind in a little bit of doubt. But I'll I'll, I'll speak as if the game's six and a half. I'm more than happy to take this. This Chiefs minus, not not the the most confident player of the weekend, but I just can't take this this Glasgow side on the plus as impressive as they have been against the spreads in recent weeks. The Chiefs are really starting to hit hit their straps and looking quite a mean outfit, and they're really sort of bringing back that extra of old where they properly shut down oppositions. Yes, it was a a pretty poor Montpellier side, which were resting a couple of superstars, but I was just I was incredibly impressed with how they, they went. Um, uh, down six points in the first half, and they just sort of turned into that sort of Chiefs mode. They really ground out, uh, ground out the performance. Didn't look for any flashy players. Just really just took it to the the Montpellier, Montpellier pack, blew them off the park, scoring sort of those four dominant set piece based tries. And before they knew it, they already racked up 42 points, 42 points to six. That's it. Chiefs done and dusted, sorted, handicaps um, uh, paid in, in the bank. So I look at the game like that. I just don't see this this um, Glasgow side competing enough at the set piece with Chiefs. Granted that both sides do go full strength. So I'm more than I think that Rob Baxter is one of those one of those coaches who who hates to sort of give anything any sort of half measures to the opposition. So I do expect him to name a full strength side here. So yeah, I'm quite happy to take that that Chiefs minus six and a half, and I do expect them to sort of take that competition. Uh, so, uh, take the performance into sort of the back end of the competition here and push towards uh, bring it into the premiership as well. Right, Brendan, what are we going to do? Are you going to are you going to rubber stamp this one? Are we going to stick this one in the hacker? Yeah, Brendan, this is a this is an interesting one. Uh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, you're going to see uh, 80 minutes of uh, grey. Uh, I'm not talking about Christian grey from Fifty Shades of Black. I'm talking about Richie versus his brother Johnny. So, uh, yeah, so. Good, some good lineups there. Uh, yeah, as uh, Neil says, I think exits are hitting this, starting to hit their straps now. Um, they've just been boosted over the last couple of weeks. I think guys wrote them a bit off against Saracens. Uh, they really, they really show the the, the pundits and uh, their detractors wrong when they beat a very solid Saracen side at Sandy Park. Uh, had a very solid win against Montpellier. To me, they they just like Neil says, hitting their straps and just uh, playing good rugby now. Um, I've been impressed with this Glasgow side. They are definitely getting better. They've made some good signings. Guys like Jack Jack Dempsey, you know, is showing the value. Josh McKay is coming along. Uh, but I, this to me, Exeter is still one of the better teams around. And I'll happily take. I'll, I'll probably try and look as Neil says. I'll probably try and look within that converted try. They're plus seven and a half. It is a bit of a worry, but that converted try, if we can get minus six and a half, I'll happily take that. Um, there's just so much quality in that uh, in that uh, uh, exercise side. And that, they've, had, they've had key guys come back in the last one or two weeks, which have made a big difference. Luke Cowan, Dickey being one of them. Um, he, to me, is such a talisman for that uh, extra forward pack. So, yeah, I, I really like that, uh, the minus there. But I think Exeter will get the job done. Right, well, we're going to throw the seven and a half into the accumulator because obviously, what's one thing when you take an accumulator? Um, yeah, unless the book, bookies are offering alternative handicaps, sometimes you have to take a cap that's a point or two higher or lower than what you want. But definitely, from a straight out point of view, you can uh, look around and you can get six and a half there 
uh, the minus six and a half on exit. Conductor, we're going to stay with you. Munster, a minus 27 and a half. Munster delivered quite a nice win for me last week. I think I was high on their points. And uh, yeah, as you say, plenty of team news in that game. Uh, played a bit of havoc. But here they're massive favorites against a cost side that, well, they they, they actually cost me last week by by, by keeping Harlequins uh, under 25 half points. I, I took a big bet to end the weekend. I was going well, and I thought, let's really end this in style. And it didn't happen. But now they're away, and uh, do you expect them to sort of uh, just give in here and let Munster run away with us? Yeah, Brent. Um, I initially, when I looked at this cap, and I saw that it was so big, you know, whenever these sort of big caps come out, in anything over 25 and a half, um, you know, I, I started immediately thinking, so looking at the plus, uh, and then maybe looking at Custer points overs, because once again, the points line will be low. Um, I did see the picks from the Munster trade, the, the Munster training uh, presentation this week. It looks like a lot of the guys are back. Um, I'm not sure how fit they'll be after 10 days in isolation. Some of them have had long appearance in isolation, but you, we should have a, a, a far better, far more quality Munster team against Custra. Um, I have been telling to a couple of the French guys, they their opinion is that Custra will send a very weak side uh, f- filled with guys who aren't full-time top 14 players so there may be kids uh academy players uh yeah like reserves you know guys that aren't really their top uh, players at Kastra two months and if that is the case this could be a bit of a blowout uh I'd, I'd probably lean towards the minus but a very small minus for me you know it's interesting you say that I've, I've noticed with some of those games as well where they send weaker teams they sometimes start a little bit better than you would expect yeah um and at halftime, that didn't be contingent, but more often than not, it does blow out at some stage. So often that, that might be something to watch from an in-play perspective is perhaps the, the youngsters sort of step up for the first 30, 35 minutes and then get blown away. Neil, what do you think of this one? Sure, Brent. I'm even surprised the bookmakers priced this one up, to be honest. Um, it's just one of those fixtures where you just have absolutely no idea what's, what's going to happen. Uh, I think the bookmakers sort of feel like that. That as well. I can I can make a, a firm case for for Munster to cover the spread, and that's if I was had a gun to my head, that's probably where I'd go go as well. Also, just because once again, you just can't trust these these French sides away from home, and I just feel like Cust Cust especially um, losing to Harlequins at home um, last weekend. So that's uh, so their competition's done. So their their Champions Cup is done. No no need to sort of think any further there. So I I. Have a strong suspicion that they will send the kids, but these French clubs are just so volatile. You just never know what they're going to do. You don't know who's paying them money or, or what. So, so I do believe that they will send a, a fairly weak inside. And if that is the case, I expect the handicap to sort of drift to that 33, 34 point margin. But then again, Munster know that this should be a regulation result for them. And the the kids who played for Munster, well, the half of the kids who played for Munster last weekend were awfully impressive. So I also wouldn't be surprised to see Munster name a slightly weak inside on the back of having a couple of, of big fixtures going forward into the new year and just trying to keep players fresh and give players time off and manage workload and all of that. So at 27 and a half, I think like, a, can I see Cuff scoring 10 points? Yes. Uh, Munster scoring sort of that 38 points. Yeah. So I probably do think Munster will cover, but just not a lot of confidence from my side. Right. Yeah. If anything, I must say, I'd also be leaning towards the minus. I've just got a feeling that that one could be a little bit of a blowout. Well, let's move on to the next game, Neil. And we've got Leicester, who have been so impressive this season. They're minus 15 and a half against a Connick side that certainly did the business for us last week, although they, they took quite late in the game to really stretch clear. 
What do you think of this handicap, 15 and a half? Yeah, it's one of those fixtures, again, I think this is pretty well priced. Um, probably if I had to pinpoint a fixture, which I think is best priced for the weekend, it's it's this fixture. Um, but I'll still still go for a Leicester minus here, but with sort of that medium confidence type strike. Um, Leicester have obviously been phenomenal in the premiership so far, yet to lose a game. Last weekend, um, they started at, at that sort of four or five point favourites. I think they came in a point or two, but then when two news came out, Leicester obviously were missing one or two players, drifted out to eight and a half, and they still managed to win away in France. So that's just a testament to sort of that uh, that feel-good factor currently happening in the in the Leicester camp at the moment. But I think they will be rocked with a bit of news that um, Ellis Genge isn't signing on for next season. He's returning back to his, his hometown in Bristol for the Bristol Bears. So for me, as a, as a supporter of Bristol, it's massively exciting. That is a, a huge loss, obviously losing the losing their their leader and he's been an immense for them this season. But Connacht, I just look at this, obviously taking a bit of a spank, sorry, uh, giving a bit of a spank out to to Stade Francais last weekend. I think that they will come with a bit of motivation because if they can sneak a, a bonus point uh, loss here, they will stay in the hunt in the competition. But Leicester, I just look at that that forward pack and that set piece, and I just can't see them conceding. Or giving too much ground to Connacht, and Connacht do tend to struggle against these big, big packs um, in the competition. They love a bit of a fast-paced game where they can release their, their backs out wide. So, a, a bit of a tentative strike on the on the Leicester minus fifteen and a half here for me, Brent. But it's, it's one of those fixtures where I'll be happy to sit, sit from the sidelines and not get too involved. Yeah, it should be quite a good game to watch, I think, as well. Brendan, you got anything firm for us on this one? Yeah, Brent says I've been toing and froing with with regards to my thoughts on this game. Um, as, as Neil says, oh, this Leicester side is becoming quite scary under under Steve Borthwick. I think uh, Alid Walters, the the guy that was the the of, um, conditioning coach for the Springboks in the 2019 World Cup, he's showing his his value there, and he's, you know he's, the guys are actually fit and raring to go. The fact that Leicester could rest so many guys, I think they're missing Freddie Stewart, Nadolo. Ben Youngs, Julia Montoya, um, I, I think maybe one or two other guys as well, away to the, fr the French leading side and still get a result in Bordeaux speaks volumes for where this Leicester Tigers side is. I think I'm massively confident. I think Walford Road is going to be absolutely heaving. It's going to be rocking and rolling. Um, the unbeaten so far. Uh, yeah, 15 and a half is a big handicap. It, I've been trying to think. Uh, Leicester have a, a big game away next weekend to Bristol Bears. Will they have one eye on that fixture? Uh, likewise, Connacht also have a big fixture away to Ulster. Will they also have one eye on that fixture? The other thing I have to weigh up is Connacht are terribly, terribly, terribly unpredictable. They're inconsistent. Um, I mean, they can have a great win against one side and then go and lose to the Dragons at home. Um, it's a tough, tough fixture. I, I'd probably be leaning... I saw the last time these, these two played, it was a high-scoring fixture, but I don't expect it to be the same. With guys like Markov and Sarden over the ball, and you got Henry Liebenberg, oh, he was also rested. Uh, Jasper Vesa, I just don't see these guys being able to get the kind of uh, go-forward ball they need to score points. Uh, like Neil says, they do they struggle against a big pack, and Andy Fred, is, Andy Fred mentioned that during the midweek conference. He said he knows they, they, they're more defense is weak, and he knows that's going to get targeted there. So, I'd probably I'd probably take the minus here. I, I I can't I can't overlook this this massive mo monstrosity or monster that uh, 
their seas at the moment. Uh, yeah, they just they just they just too good for me at the moment. So I can't oppose them. Right, I'm going to tentatively put the uh, the minus in the acker there at this point. You can always, we can always knock a leg or two back. Uh, let's go on to the next game then. The final the final match uh, that I've got priced up here at any rate. Start from say that plus seven and a half against the Bristol Bears and conductor as you pour your final drink of the show. I would imagine uh, we'll get your opinion on this one. Yeah, I mean, this is a toughie, yeah. I mean, if you look at the Sod Francais lineup, they've got some more than quality players. Guys like Luan Mape, I mean, they've got some really, really good players there. Uh, and Bristol Bears have been absolutely poor. They had a, had a, what, they had a, a bye last week because of the Scarlet's uh, COVID setup. So they, that game was cancelled. They are going to be rested for this game. Uh, you know, with... Uh, 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 now that my mind has gone a bit blank. Um, sorry, the Fijian center for Bristol Bears. He's back, and he's such a, a semi-randranja. He's such an influential guy on that team. He's a, he's absolutely. I don't, I don't think talismanic begins to describe his effect on the team. Um, I think Piers O'Connor and him work so well together. He gives confidence to other players. I think Purdy will probably switch back to wing. Um, but nevertheless, I, 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 it's difficult. South Francisco have lost their game. They, they, they're languishing towards the bottom of the league. They may once again play a weakened team. Uh, this would be a no bet for me until I can see team sheets. I'd probably tentatively go Bears minus uh, because I just think they've had the break. I think they will want to build momentum for next week going into Tigers. They, want, they won't want to have a bad result. Uh, because they know Tigers are going to come like an absolute wrecking ball with Miley Cyrus, you know, saddling that thing coming up to uh, Ashton Gate next weekend. So they'll want some momentum. I think this is a game that will give it to them if they're allowed to travel to Supra and say, obviously. Right. Neil, are you going to give us anything firm on this one or is it also wait, and wait for team selection for you? No, Ben, just before before I get into the game, um, I do hope you're keeping a spreadsheet of all the conductors comments um from the show this year because you can really make that into a, a proper novel and distribute to to those less fortunate this christmas <laughs> those less fortunate. <laughs> i like that um but yeah getting into the fixture um she's uh it's a tough one started front said absolutely awful side at the moment it's not well, not really a side you want to get behind but i just it's just one of those fixtures where i i know that there will be a french referee for for this game you're getting a more than a converted try for a French side at home. Bristol, they got the Tigers next weekend. And just, I hope that there are no bookmakers listening in, but that's a, a fixture I'm, I'm most targeting next weekend. I'm hoping for the best possible uh, Bristol Plus. I think that they will win at home against Ashton Gates next weekend. Uh, teams just don't win too too many on the bounce. The Tigers have had a fantastic run, but that must end. Feel good factor back at, at Bristol. So I think that they'll win next weekend. So I'm hoping for... A four and a half, five and a half plus. I'll be all over that. Um, Joe, back to the fixture. Uh, English sides always struggle away in France. It's just one of those teams where you saw with with Harlequins. They just struggle to get going. The, the 50-50 calls just don't go their way. There'll be a couple of knock uh, knock ons. So, start of France with a with a plus seven and a half. I'm more than happy to to snap that up. And I just hope that they don't uh, disappoint me and send send the kids out uh, because their their competition's done um, after last week's humiliation against Connacht. Okay, so let's um, let me let me throw in the tentatively the plus seven and a half. I'll throw that in, and uh, let's have a look before we get into our best bets. I'll just take this down as well. Let's just have a quick 
run through of this ACA. Um, let's have a look here. We've got also Northampton. We've got the Northampton. Uh, sorry, we got the um, Northampton on the plus there. We've got a Bath on the plus. We've got Sales Sharks on the minus. We've got Exeter Chiefs on the minus. We've got Leicester on the minus, which is also a bit of a tentative one. And then finally, Start from say there on the plus. Now let's have a look as a matter of interest. That works out to a pretty impressive 45.78 to 1. So I'll probably remove one or two of those and we'll uh we'll we'll have the echo for the for the newsletter tomorrow morning. But anyway, it's a nice way to play, particularly if you don't have any strong fancies, you can throw a few into an echo and see what happens. But gents, let's move on though to the best bets of the weekend. Unless there's anything, let me ask you first of all. Neil, I know they haven't priced the Challenge Cup up yet, but anything else, even in another sport, we should be looking for this weekend? Um, no, not massive fancies. Um, I do follow a bit of cricket. So I've taken um, under 470 in the Australia um, first innings. Reason being is I expect... So the way the, the fixtures work is obviously with these day-night games, the teams want to chuck the opposition in under lights in that, in that last session. So with the way with the way Australia are batting, I I worked it out. So they need another two sixty or two fifty, and and it's it's a bit of a difficult pitch to 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 score quite quickly on, as as seen. So I so they have to score more than three and a half for the um for the rest of the inning. So I think that that is probably just stretching it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them declare. And this is if it if it goes well for Australia, not counting in the fact that England can pick up. Snare a couple of early wickets tomorrow morning. So, yeah, so I think that that's a that's a good bet because I expect them to declare sort of around tea time tomorrow. Stick England in under the lights with that that pink ball moving around the park. So, that's a small little fancy there. Once again, my my stakes are significantly lower in cricket. I prefer my bets on the on the big momentum sports. So, that's for me. And then just tucking into my best bets of the weekend, um, uh, Bath. Oh, geez, I know it's it's it hurts me to say, it, but I'm going to be backing Bath as one of the best bets once again. But so plus thirteen and a half, I think that's a cracker. Uh, sell minus eight and a half. I do expect them to cover quite comfortably at home. And then I I do like um, Stade Francais plus eight and a half, but that's also team news dependent. That's going in with with both teams going full strength. Excellent, Neil. Well, I've got to tell you, uh, yeah, as you say, your cricket stakes might be smaller, but your argument there was bloody strong. And I watched quite a bit of that game, quite a bit of, um, well, uh, the, the first day. And I mean, yeah, could, I mean, Australia really battled early on. They really, I mean, there was every chance they could have got bowled out cheaply. And they really fought through. But that, that pink ball, and I mean, even in the, even before the sort of nighttime session, the pink ball was bloody difficult to play, even in those early sessions. So Absolutely I really like so. that bet. And I'm going to definitely be following you on that one. I, I didn't think I'd come out of a rugby show with a, a really strong cricket fancy, but that's exactly what's what's happened here. Conductor, anything from you in other sports? Uh, anything, and then obviously your best bets in the rugger. Yeah, Brent, I um, I took a bit of a I took a bit of a strike on England at that uh, two and a half to one, and I thought I put a, put it I put some I put I put a small cheeky bet on it, and obviously once Australia won the won the toss, I just knew how this bet was going, and then obviously uh, you know doing some work around the house, and I just hear the commentary in the background, but. David Warner cutting loose, and yeah, I just don't think England have got the mongrel in them to 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 face up to this Aussie side. Even missing Pat Cummins to another ludicrous uh, COVID case because he was eating in the same 24 24 kilometer radius 
as somebody that that coughed and it's just so ridiculous that don't get me like, started you don't get me yeah, started so, if you follow me on so, twitter you'll know my feelings not the strongest australia aussie side so i thought england might just do something um but yeah other than that's not too much fancy on anything else i'm hoping we get a bit of rugby this weekend um in terms of my best bets i, I very much agree with neil sale minus i'll probably be take bath plus um i'm gonna oppose him a little bit on this on the bristol game i'm actually i'm actually really liking bristol minus now i see it's andrew brace as a referee he'd probably referee more towards the english style um as opposed to the saffron so i think saffron say might just roll out kids uh with an eye on the on the league because obviously there is relegation top 14 uh so that's quite serious for them i uh, so also see the, there's two games we've skipped or so that, that i don't know it's this bordeaux i don't know if that'll go ahead um with the french stuff but harlequin's cardiff will probably go ahead there isn't any lines on that but uh Cardiff, yeah, obviously with all the quarantine, they'll probably be sending another very weakened side. I don't think they'll change many, so this could be absolute. If the line is anything below 30, I'll probably look at Harlequins in the minus. They, they can run sides ragged, so I'll probably look at that. But yeah, my best bet's very similar to Neil. We're just going to differ on the on the uh, Bristol Bears game. And yeah, then I'll, as I said, I like the... Um, I'll take a bit of overs in the Ospreys game. I think that's just... That's just too high. I think Ospreys will get at least 12 or 13 points. Excellent. Well, Jens, thanks very much. Uh, just uh, thanks to you both for tonight, but also for your contributions over the year. It's been it's been great. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to all the boys in the live chat as well. It's uh, been great having their contributions. I'm looking forward to taking a little bit of a break. I'll still be betting, of course, and looking for any opportunities while I'm away on holiday. Perhaps squeeze a quick poker game or something in. But we'll be back probably mid-January with the handicap. And uh, at that stage, we'll be building towards the Six Nations. I'm hoping Super Rugby as well will probably be getting uh, started around then. And, of course, we're going to have things like the United Rugby Championships and Heineken Championships. And Curry Cup as well Cup. in three weeks. And the Curry Cup as well, yes. Of course, we've got that to look forward to as well. So thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. We'll see you in mid-January. Have a great festive season. Thanks, guys.